Hi, I'm Chris Farrell, an economics and finance author and journalist. And I'm Twyla Dang. I'm an entrepreneur and a podcaster. The point of this podcast is simple. There's a misconception about people with low and unstable incomes. We think they don't know how to manage money. But they do. People and families with low and unstable incomes are often creative and collaborative with their finances. We'll show you that community is the best investment a person can make. This is Small Change, money stories from the neighborhood. This is Katrina Simmons. My name is Katrina, and I work at the University of Minnesota Institute on Community Integration. Katrina is living with a disability. So I live with um, cerebral palsy, and so for, that can mean a variety of different things for different people. For me, it means that I use a wheelchair, and I am unable to use my legs and arms in the way that somebody without a disability would use them, and that almost every physical activity of my life is impacted in some way. So Katrina has physical limitations. She does, but she also has to confront limitations that are created by other people. People have misperceptions of what disabled people are capable of and have the desire to do. These stereotypes are powerful. I think that I would like them to take with them, like, the complexity of living with a disability. And there's a, I feel like there's an assumption among people... Some people who don't previously know people with a disability and particularly with disabilities that we we either we don't want to work or that our the expectations were too low for us to want to work. And I am sure that that has been true throughout the history of time. I know a lot of people with disabilities and I don't know a single one who <sighs> Like, just really just was planning their entire life just, like, never to work and to sit with their feet up and eat ding-dongs all day. There was always some way that they wanted to give back, no matter how many circumstances and barriers they had in their way. And I guess that is the message that I try to take with me when I have to think about the number of barriers facing the generation after me rather than all this person wanted to do because they thought that they didn't have to do anything because they were disabled was sit and eat ding-dongs all day. That, that, that's not a helpful way to think about anyone, but it's particularly not a, way to, a helpful way to think about people when you want things to change for the better. Yeah, <laughs> And absolutely. we have determined that to change things for the better, we need more people with disabilities to be able to work and access the services they need. And so just try to have an open mind. Before we get further into the discussion, we thought it would be important to ask Katrina to define the types of disabilities that came up in our discussion. So a developmental disability is um, generally can be classified as a permanent disability with an onset before age 22. That is significant enough to impact an as- some aspect of daily life functioning. And what people usually look at when they look at daily life functioning is what you do during the day. ADLs, which are like how you get yourself dressed, um, get yourself to bed, get yourself up in the morning, and can you manage your own finances and things like that. So for the most part, and there are some exceptions, developmental disability means that in some way your disability, which is permanent, impaired 
one of those functions. Okay. One of those three general areas. Oh, and then also your medical status as well. An intellectual disability means that you struggle. And I think the more colloquial way and progressive way to say it is that you struggle. You have significant difficulty with judgment or cognition, and you might need assistance with decision-making. Here's the thing, Twyla. Katrina had a lot of energy, and she is capable of doing a lot. And growing up, she had the same desire to go to college, just like her sister. Absolutely. But um, you have to think differently when you have a disability. Do you feel like your family treated that differently than they did for your siblings? Yes, but not in a bad way. It's it's very, I think, over... Or I shouldn't speak for all families. It was very overwhelming for my family at the end of high school when we had, or not the end, in the middle of high school when we had to start looking at colleges. And I had one primary concern, which is can Trina have a disability and go to college? And if she can, can she go to any school or do we have to pick a special school? And for my sister, it was where do you want to go to college? So it was a very different conversation, and, and nobody did it wrong. That It was just a very different conversation. And what was the answer? So, I, I mean, so the answer was yes. <laughs> I went to college, and um, it turned out that there was, there's, um, so there, there's designated state schools for physical accessibility in every state, except Hawaii and Alaska. And Hawaii and Alaska might have them. I just don't know if... At the time, they didn't have to have them. Um, so I went to a school in Wisconsin called the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater. But I wanted to go to University of Minnesota or University of Illinois or Urbana-Champaign. But it worked out fine. I made a best friend. <laughs> what did you study? Um, I studied psychology and social work. And does that feed into what you're doing now? It does. We studied the same thing. Oh. It does not, mine does not feed into what I do now. <laughs> I really aspect. liked it. <laughs> I did I did too. It, it, I, I used to joke it made me fun to talk to at parties. Right. But it but I found a way to so, yeah. so anytime I see a fellow psych and so We dug major. a niche. Exactly. <laughs> we made we made a way we in dug the a world. Niche. We, we got it. <laughs> <laughs> so I w- I would say that that was one of the hardest parts of my life so far is when when it came time to go to college, and we were the same age, same grade, same classes, and yet the conversations were vastly different. So her apartment is a really good example of a service which has been adapted, but it isn't intended for use by people living with disabilities. Yeah, and a lot of what Katrina has to deal with is about adapting to things um, that weren't intended for use by the disabled. So I think, like, that's an even better question because, okay, for for one, I don't really want a home, but, like, what if I wanted a car and a driver because I don't don't drive also because of cerebral palsy? And those are expenses that anybody would have to save up for, and I would have to save up more because the car would cost roughly twice as much as a regular car at Mm -hmm. a minimum because that's how it works. And so I, I don't really have an answer other than, They've tried to put in safeguards like an ABLE account and MAEPD, and those are great things. So briefly, an ABLE account is a tax advantage savings account for individuals and families that helps fund disability expenses without losing public benefits. MEPD, that stands for Medicaid for Employed People with Disabilities. But the rules are really unclear, and there's 
stumbling blocks when you try to access your money. And I understand all those things happen. But I just, I, st- I still feel like there, there needs to be more transparency on the part of the governments in terms of the rules. <laughs> Is that frustrating? I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not more frustrating than a couple of the other aspects of my life, but it's more frustrating than, say, the, the fact that the toothpaste cap is sometimes too small for me to open. We all need people we trust for advice and feedback, um, but who you trust really matters when you're trying to figure out how to handle the complexities of money and public benefits. We'll be back with more Small Change. Small Change is supported by Thrivent through generous support from the Thrivent Foundation. Thrivent is driven by a higher purpose to help people achieve financial clarity and to make the most of all they've been given. Small Change is also supported in part by the McKnight Foundation, which works to advance a more just, creative, and abundant future where people and planet thrive. Learn more at McKnight.org. We're back with Small Change. Who do you trust when you're trying to navigate these, these, type, these questions and these issues? Just the finance part? Yeah. I go to my dad. <laughs> um, and I'm 33 years old. So that I that feels weird. to Even to say it feels weird. Like, shouldn't I do this myself? But I really, I don't, I don't have anyone else who has struggled with money. And he just happens to be older than me and wiser than me and <laughs> relatively aware. So I go to my dad. <laughs> But I mean, I also do all those other things that I found on social right. media. But but for the main part, I still go to my my nuclear family. I think that's kind of nice, nice. Yeah, and, it's, and he it's, must like it. I mean, yes, but it begs the question: Where will I go when he's gone? I mean, and he's I I don't I don't I mean he's healthy, right? He's no, been, I, I, but I, I, I mean, yeah, where no. where would I go if he wasn't there? I don't I don't know. Well, I can say at least through the process of us doing this that um, that's it's pretty common to say that they lean on family, and <laughs> I think almost all of us are at an age range um, where we we still have people that we go to that we trust more than ourselves with this because there's so much complexity around money and finances, and I can't imagine with this added layer of understanding services and real potential for loss that you would want someone that you genuine who you know genuinely has your best interest at heart to help explore and help seek answers. So it makes sense. Yeah. Well, and I think oftentimes people with disabilities are sort of social structures or the, the, the people that we are changed slower than people maybe without disabilities and isolation may have something to do with that, or it might be a number of other reasons, whatever the circumstance. And so I feel like we go to our families for longer and more often than other people, which is which is fine, but it makes me worry about the people whose families aren't there anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, I I don't think there's a replacement for your family. I really don't. Um, you can you get I mean, and and families come in all shapes and sizes, and some people, you know, don't have a relationship with the family that they were born into and choose to make their family otherwise, but. 
in terms of the of the people who have your back, I haven't found that most people with disabilities have found another person who cares about them as much or as well-roundedly as their family became. And sometimes that isn't the, pe- the family they were born into. Sometimes it's the family it was made. But in general, there's a real hole when that family disintegrates. So she trusts her father. But she's understandably concerned about what happens when he's gone. But I think everyone should understand that Katrina manages her own money. And she draws on her own experience to suggest ways for other people to handle their money. So how have you learned to manage your money? So, okay, I have two tips for any for everybody. Um, find your resources that, can, that, are, that are, like, free to people with disabilities for money management. And then I know we're all taught to be fairly, or at least I was, to be fairly private about our finances. That is not the way that it has worked for me. And I'm sure there's others in my boat. I'm also sure there's others that were not very private about their finances and wish they had been. But I did not find that not telling people about this um, concern was was beneficial to me at all because it looked like I didn't want to (laughs) work. And I did want to (laughs) work. And I do want to work, and I like working. Yeah. And you're giving back while you're working. Um, yeah. I, w- I would like to give back more, but I, but I do my best. <laughs> yeah. Katrina has to navigate this complex maze of government services, including Medicaid and Social Security, and access to these services limits how much she can earn. She has to keep those benefits. Absolutely. But whenever public services are targeted to individuals with low and unstable incomes, there is an assumption that there will be fraud. And I, th- I think sometimes people don't realize that and people think, well, she works, she must not need Social Security. And I don't need the money every month anymore, but I do need the home and community-based services. Um, so sometimes the reason with pe- people with disabilities are expensive is because we want to stay alive, which I feel like is not a huge request. But I think no, it can look that way at, at the outset. Ah, yeah, that's not a huge request at all. No. Mm-mm. And then I'm, I'm sure... There is legitimate fraud in the system, but I I don't think that we would be the population that would do it willfully and maliciously. I don't know which population would. I'm not saying everybody would, but I'm just saying I think sometimes we look like we're trying to be fraudulent and we're just trying to keep our access to our health care and our home and community-based services. Most people living with low and unstable incomes are not seeking to take advantage of a system. They sometimes need help to live. Isn't that true? I mean, it's amazing to say that. And Katrina, she's well aware of the universal challenges faced by these communities. I do not think that people with disabilities are the only people that are disadvantaged by money due to circumstances we do not control. But I do assert that we have some unique circumstances that the world, or this, at least Social Security, has never before seen. But I know that lots of people struggle with money for lots of different reasons, and I don't think our reason is always the hardest, although it does feel awfully hard. It is hard a lot of the time, and it's especially hard for someone like Katrina who lives with a disability. But what it all comes back to is money. Well, you know, we've asked... 
I think everyone on this podcast, this one question, what is the purpose of money? I think the purpose of money is to limit the amount of greed present in our society because apparently people are unable to limit the amount of resources they would take slash use without some type of measure to keep that in check. And I think that is what money serves to do. It makes me sad to think that. (laughs) I like that. But in high school, we had this class called... um, what was it called? Theory of knowledge. And they, they asked that question, and that was like the answer we were all supposed to come up with. And like literally every student in the classroom had come up with before like the answer came out, you know, and it was like, here's what you were supposed to think. It was like to buy stuff. <laughs> Which, so I'm going to go with the first one still. The one that I said that was from the high school class. So I stole it. Sorry, Mr. Scarlet. Wow. What if using money to limit greed and thinking differently about individuals with low and unstable incomes creates the ability to use money for a higher purpose? That's right. I mean, to take care of each other in our community in ways that we know, we know that we should do. What Katrina wants reflects on what any of us really want. People with disabilities want to stay alive, which I feel like is not a huge request One small change we can do right now is take Katrina's advice and talk more openly about our money. Make a plan to talk to a trusted person in your life about money. I know it can be difficult, but try. Let's try to make these conversations a normal thing. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a production of Minnesota Public Radio and American Public Media. Small change would not have been possible without the work of many people, including... Executive producer, Stephanie Curtis... Producers Chris Farrell, Twyla Dang, and Veronica Rodriguez. Editor Brittany Arneson. Original music by Dexter Wolf. You can find other Small Change episodes and find resources for more information about money by going to our website, smallchangestories.org. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Pinterest. A special thank you to the Thriven Foundation and the McKnight Foundation for their generous support. <laughs>